Twitter plans more emphasis on video advertising, and Facebook looks to restart with redesigned and more from F8. It's Tuesday, May 7th, 2019. All of that is coming up along with the week's news quick hits on episode 362 of Brave Ad World. New consumers, new media, new strategies. This is Brave Ad World. Hey everybody, welcome to episode 362 of Brave Ad World, the official podcast of BraveAdWorld.com, which combines actual insights with some of the latest headlines in social media and digital marketing news. Every week or close to it, I take the top stories, provide a recap, and then share insights as to what those stories are might mean to us as marketers. My name is Taylor Wigert, and this episode is hitting your feeds a little bit later than normal. I was traveling this weekend, but um, I almost didn't do an episode, but I wanted to make sure to get something out because there's just so much to talk about. So let's kick things off and talk about Twitter. So last week, Twitter revealed a new detail on its video plans at the digital content new fronts. Now, now video content is going to be much easier to find as Twitter is going to put it at the top of user timelines when they log into the platform and it's developed new partnerships with video publishers to create such content. So we have MTV partnering with Twitter for the VMAs, Video Music Awards, a series of sports deals are in place and a new channel is coming from the Wall Street Journal focused on news. So all these partnerships, they're going to be supported by ad products that advertisers can obviously use to reach program viewers. And what Twitter really emphasized is they want to make efforts to, in these new fronts at least, to tailor the publishers as well as the content from those publishers to the advertisers and the audiences that those advertisers need to reach. So obviously, Twitter sees video playing a huge role on its platform. They've inked some big deals with content providers, and they're promising to really elevate video even more on its platform. And Twitter has become more and more successful with video. And efforts like this, they they allow Twitter to appeal to advertisers' appetite and desire right now for brand-safe video environments with premium placements. And they kind of appear to be striking while the iron is hot as pressure continues to mount on Facebook and Google for that matter, while Twitter has remained somewhat outside of controversy from a brand safety standpoint, at least uh, from the for the most part. They haven't been the major headline getters, I guess. All right, let's talk next about one of those major headline getters, Facebook. Uh, this week was, or last week was, Facebook's F8 developer conference, and the headline of the event is Facebook doesn't look like it used to, or at least it doesn't want to. The entire event kind of felt like Mark Zuckerberg laying out a new future for Facebook and its ecosystem with promises for better privacy. And Facebook, like, there's good reason to do that. Facebook's had a pretty terrible year, a year and a half from a reputation standpoint. So this event, it kind of felt a bit like an attempt to restart and refresh. The most noticeable change is a legit refresh. It's the Facebook app itself. Facebook updated its F logo. It removed the blue from the app to make it feel more modern. It's also, if you haven't opened the app yet, you'll notice it's making Facebook stories much more prominent. And they're giving groups a center stage center stage spot 
on the bottom menu and really kind of de-emphasizing the feed a bit more. You have to scroll a little bit more to get into the feed. And Facebook is really emphasizing groups and seeing groups is a way for users to create more connection on the platform by uniting people uh, based on shared interests, not necessarily divisions, which have typically taken place in the feed. So this puts groups really based on shared interests on the same playing field as content in the feed from friends and family. We also saw the start of Facebook connecting Instagram, Messenger, and WhatsApp. Messenger has a new friends tab to aggregate stories WhatsApp updates and Facebook posts all in one app. The whole interoperability of messaging service means advertisers are going to be able to more easily reach users across Facebook's suite of apps. We also learned that a test of removing like counts from Instagram posts is expanding to Canada. So what this test does is it it hides like numbers on posts and feeds and allows followers to, quote, focus on the photos and videos you share not how many likes they get, unquote. That's from Facebook. Like counts, they're still visible visible to posters of content, but followers, they're not going to be able to see them. So the goal here that Facebook wants to do is try to improve digital health on the platform. Speaking of Instagram, users can now purchase products from influencer Instagram posts the new Shopping for Creators program. So this program, it gives a select group of influencers the ability to add shopping tags to posts, which reveal product costs and allow users to make purchases directly on Instagram. So you see influencers being able to sell products for brands in their Instagram posts. Now the shoppable tag, it's only limited to original posts, so you can't promote these posts. Facebook also revealed more information on its upcoming dating service, which will feature a secret crush feature, allowing users to create lists of Facebook friends they're interested in dating. If two users put each other on a list, Facebook tells both users. So that's a thing. Uh, Instagram's camera, it's getting broken down into three modes, live, camera, and create. The create section, that's what's new. That's what's interesting. It allows users to create non-image posts. So for example, users can start with a GIF or a poll or a sticker. So Instagram with this feature, it doesn't require users to start with a video or photo to create a post first, which is a little different than what Instagram has been in the past. Messenger is going to be made smaller. Its loading speed is going to be much faster because of that. And finally, we got some updates on Oculus. So Oculus is going to launch two new headsets on May 21st for $399. Oculus Rift Fs, Uh, That's an update on the existing line of PC-powered headsets. Oculus Quest, that is a redesigned standalone headset. So no PC required. I think it's going to be interesting. I think it's going to be big because it's, in a way, it's really not quite PC-powered from a headset standpoint, from a power standpoint, but it's pretty darn close, and it's supposed to deliver a pretty compelling experience. So if they can take the complexity out of VR and VR headsets and make them more of a standard consumer tech product, that could be big for VR. So this F8, that's a lot uh, to go through, but you can see like it was a bit of a reset for Facebook, at least an attempt at one. They redesigned the app. They focused on privacy. Last year's event, it really came off the heels of the Cambridge Analytica scandal. But Facebook's reputation has really only gotten worse over the last year and a half. That being said, Facebook really wants to reset the tone. Zuckerberg, he 
noted his privacy ambitions when he stated during F8, quote, I believe the future is private. This is, this is the next chapter for our services, unquote. But all of that is really about conversations and content being private from personal connections, not Facebook itself. Facebook mentioned nothing of the clear history feature that was promised last year, and that feature is at least months away, if it ever comes at all. So obviously the social company has a lot planned on the horizon, and much of it is pretty exciting, but it's difficult to see how Facebook truly progresses forward without doing more to address its past. And right now, it kind of feels like it just wants the past to go away, but they can't seem to escape uh, their missteps as more and more information comes out, and we'll have a big FTC fine coming down any day now. All right, so that is it for the week's main story. So now I'm going to dive into the news quick hits where I'm going to hit other stories that happened this week at a high level that didn't get discussed earlier. So Snapchat is getting a premium video ad placement offering similar to Google Preferred and Facebook's in-stream reserve. Snap is allowing brands who order upfront fixed rates and guaranteed audience sizes. There are six second ads that they'll run within Snapchat's most premium shows, which Premium is going to be determined based on audience size and committed viewers. Alphabet's quarterly earnings, they missed analyst estimates, a rarity for the company. While Google advertising revenue rose 15%, it rose at its slowest pace since 2015. This sparked fears among investors that advertisers are shying away from Google and looking to partner with other digital partners like Amazon and Facebook. Hulu used the new fronts to announce that it now has 28 million U.S. subscribers, up 3 million since January. It also announced a binge-watch ad format, so the unit will allow advertisers to target users currently binging on a show with ads relevant to their viewing behavior. This format joins another unit based on user viewing behavior that displays when a viewer pauses a show. Google is launching an auto-delete function that lets users delete their activities and location history automatically every three months or every 18 months. The feature needs to be turned on by users, but it does save them from having the ability to manually, from having to manually delete the information. They can do it automatically. It also adds to Google's already available ability to opt out of some data collection. Spotify has introduced a new ad unit for testing. These ads, they're voice enabled and they let users say specific phrases during commercials to take actions related to a message. So when users have their microphones enabled, they can use their voices to respond to prompts. For example, Unilever, they're advertising a curated playlist that let users activate by saying play now after hearing the brand message. Pandora, they've tested something similar, but they haven't tested it with a brand yet. All right, and lastly, Facebook and the FTC, they're negotiating the terms of a settlement regarding Facebook's privacy violations. In addition to a multi-billion dollar fine, the deal may include a privacy official at Facebook and an oversight committee made up of Facebook board members to oversee the company moving forward. Now, CEO Mark Zuckerberg, he may also be appointed as a compliance officer, making him personally accountable for privacy issues. The fine for Facebook likely won't exceed $5 billion, which is largely inconsequential for Facebook. What they're talking about with the settlement is some structural changes, and those could be more significant. They could change the way Facebook operates. But representatives from representatives from the Electronic Privacy Information Center, they believe the settlement does not go far enough as it does not establish new privacy obligations or have an independent body to ensure compliance. All right. 
That is it for episode 362 of Brave Ad World. Better late than never. Before I let you go, I love hearing from you. Send questions, comments. Let me know what you like. Let me know what you don't like to braveadworld at gmail.com. And if you get a chance, please rate and review this podcast on iTunes or your platform of choice. It helps me know what you think and it helps others find the podcast. I can be found on Twitter at T Wigert. That's T-W-I-E-G-E-R-T. You can also find my personal thoughts and insight on marketing at braveadworld.com, although there hasn't been too much updated there lately. All right. As always, thank you so much for listening. Have a great week. Thanks for listening. For more, check out braveadworld.com.